0: We've invited somebody to be back with us uh, once again this week because there's been a a follow-up to the ransomware scare that we talked about this last week. Not just a scare, but an actual, you know, invasion of computers around the world. And we're bringing back with us and have in studio right now, Castin Thomas from Interworks. How are you doing, Castin? I'm doing great, Foster, and uh, heading to the Tigers game tonight. So. Oh, I hope, hope you brought a, a,
1: an aqualung. <laughs> no, I brought an umbrella, but it's going to clear up at 7 o'clock. There is a pitch. true
2: believer. You know something? It's really, sa- it's really sad that a guy as nice as and the only time we want to talk to when something's going bad. <laughs> That's true.
0: You, get, you must have to get a complex out of that, being a security guy.
2: Oh, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> when, when it
1: was all going down, we're used to this, and it was just another day at the office. Did you? I'm just
0: curious. Did you get a lot of calls uh, when the uh, ransomware first went off the uh, WannaCry?
1: No, because we focus on the big companies, okay. and the technologies that we're using are, are way ahead of that. So my guys were making sure that everything was turned on and off. Gotcha uh, rather than getting the the panicked call, if you will,
0: yeah, when you say your technologies are way ahead of that, tell me what you mean by that
1: well, corporations are are building multiple levels of security, you know they don't just patch windows, they're providing firewalls at the perimeter that are very, very sophisticated, mm. they've built multiple levels of detection and multiple levels of protection. And uh, it doesn't mean that they're not going to get hit because there's always a backdoor in sure. somewhere. Yeah. But
0: Or uh, a social engineering where somebody brings
1: something in that they shouldn't be bringing in. Yeah, and that's probably what happened at FedEx and a lot of these other places mm. because uh, the WannaCry virus really didn't use email to propagate.
0: No. It no. was
1: using a backdoor in Windows. Right, mm. it was
3: using a, um, so, uh, a security vulnerability that Microsoft patched two months ago. and And what happened was is that Many machines, including Windows XP, Microsoft doesn't provide patches for Windows XP anymore. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so uh, overseas, there's a lot of people that are still running XP, oh. and they were unpatched. Is that is that it that it was the overseas companies that have and, not gotten
1: on board? And yet? there's
3: a lot of companies that just they they delay, if you will, how frequently they install Microsoft patches. Why? You're well, it's even... a little more than
1: that. Is it? Okay. Yeah, because. Uh, China and Russia got particularly hit. Well, yeah, they did. Well, yeah. Guess well, what those countries do. They have illegal versions of they have, Microsoft Windows 10. Oh. Exactly. And it can't be patched by Microsoft.
2: Is anybody find? Uh, Cal, I'm sorry, you're going to comment before? No, no. The only thing I was going to say is that what Caston was talking about with uh, with corporations being, you know, multi levels of security and stuff like that. That the, I think the biggest thing that uh, y- that maybe people didn't hear him saying was you have to be proactive to avoid these sort of things by doing these things ahead of time, as opposed to being reactive after you've gotten hit by a, a particular ransomware or something. Well, like we that. got
3: lucky in the United States that. that because as the sun turns, right, and corporations turn on, someone in England, right, London, that young man, actually discovered the off switch and uh, propagated that to security firms. And we were able to – I don't know what was done with that.
1: Well, I could get really technical, but I don't think we're going to do that. Today. <laughs> okay. I need about two hours. <laughs> okay. So well, basically they were able to block the, those – somehow that from propagating over... Yeah, it, it calls into question uh, how sophisticated the person who wrote
0: this uh, WannaCry uh, malware was. Well, they bought it off the open market. At, if you will, the, the dark the dark web is what I heard. They bought it off the dark web. Um, and it had been NSA tools, well, which it, had been stolen.
1: It was published uh, uh, by a group called the Shadow Brokers, okay. who's put a number of things that were stolen from the NSA out onto the open market. Some of it was openly published and uh, some of it is up for sale on the dark web as well.
0: Now, tell me something. I understand uh, and had teased this at the beginning of the program that there was actually a second attack that's going on with a, um, maybe a more sinister attack with this something called Adil Adelclus. Adelclus? I don't know how you pronounce it because it looks like a combination of letters. Yeah, it's through. one of
1: those. I'm not going to try either. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> so it, it's said to be more dastardly than the water crime. I wouldn't say it's more dastardly.
1: The the thing is, is that the user never knows that it's loaded because what it's going out and doing is oh. calculating bitcoins. And so it's running a program oh. to create money to create bitcoins out on the open market. So it's just grabbing the processor and slowing computers down. So far, there's nothing malicious about that that would hurt the user or their data or anything like that. But uh, uh, there, (laughs) there are rumors that there's also a backdoor so that if they want to change the purpose of of that malware that they could do that and and that was a big thing a couple years ago i remember a couple guys from
3: our group uh were basically saying i'm throwing up a couple servers and you could download the software and you just let it
1: run and run and run and it starts making bitcoins for you yep and now they're propagating that to hundreds of thousands of machines and that's going to be more profitable oh yeah the thing about wannacry is it really didn't hit that many many computers
0: and it was only 300 bucks
1: yeah, it was three hundred bucks, but that's Bitcoins. because the the people who write ransomware, uh, these are well controlled, uh, very profitable companies. Insidious as they may be, they're out there doing their own types of social surveys and finding out that that three hundred dollars is about the magic point where they that's can a sweet make point. the most. More than three hundred dollars, less people will pay it.
0: When we come back, uh, and uh, Caston Thomas is our guest here. He's uh, with Interworks, and of uh, Ann Arbor, a security agency. There, when we come back, I want to find out. I want get your opinion on on who was behind this because there is some rumor that this was North Korea, and I guess I've always found it hard taking them terribly seriously, but maybe it's about time to do that. Back in just a moment with the Internet Advisor. <laughs> We should mention that Mr. Baker is not with us today because he is sailing the the bounding main. He is in the Caribbean someplace right now. Uh, He's in the process of getting his boat. Well, I didn't mean to make that
3: joke about whoever... Put that virus out there probably just wanted to buy a boat and didn't think it, didn't think it was going to go as far as you it know, did No, that's interesting <laughs> gary's that's, not in gone. here today mm,
1: <laughs> i wonder what's going on we all know gary better than that. Uh,
0: yeah <laughs> we do we do our guest in the studio of course is mr Kasten thomas from interworks we're talking about so uh, security and um one of the things i asked you uh, just before we went to the break and maybe you could comment on it quickly ed I mean, other people have mentioned it. Is that it's thought that the culprit with the uh, WannaCry, the ransomware, was uh, was North Korea? Uh, your thoughts on that?
1: I I hold reservation. You know, every time uh, something like this has happened recently, we wanted to say it's the Russians, it's the Koreans,
0: and uh,
1: or it's the Chinese,
0: and the Russians know. and the Chinese got hit the hardest.
1: <laughs> well, from from my standpoint, you look at just all of the information out there, all of the ways to hack. There's actually ways that hackers use to point the culprit as somebody else
2: because okay. they used
1: a per- certain type of code. What what we really have to do, and we always want answers immediately, is just be patient. Let the forensics analysis and analysts look at this. There's going to be a lot more information coming in. Mm. And quite frankly, whoever did this is going to have to spend the money that they got from the ransomware. Yeah. And
0: uh, there are many ways that... Our security services can track that. It can spend the money as it as it goes out. And very interesting. There was another hack that took place just recently. Um it mentioned it's called Edmodo. Yeah, and, and and personally
1: I think this one's much more important and really key that uh, we do all those security practices that are important to keep us and our families and our schools and our cities safe. What happened was Edmodo they had seventy-seven million passwords stolen, emails, personal information, because Edmodo provides services to schools. So, oh, it's not a credit card company. This no, is something no, no. like yeah. uh, chalkboard or, or uh, billboard that or schools use. Power s- school, Power yeah. Those. Okay. Uh, this is a collaborative platform that teachers and students oh. and parents can collaborate. So those seventy-seven million passwords. <laughs> Our students, administrators, teachers, parents. And, you know, probably, I would guess 70% of the passwords on there were also used on people's AOL, Gmail, Google Mail, maybe even their corporate accounts. Because we we, we reuse passwords. mm -hmm. You know, and what really bugs me is whenever I sign up for some websites, you know,
3: banking schools, like if I was to go to a school, they want, you know, usually... uh, uh, for the initial account creation, your Social Security number. Sure. And, and they store that, or, or Visa numbers. And I'm like, you don't need that information. Well, I'm sorry, we can't create that account without that information. Who's to say that they're going to keep that information safe?
2: And this is what we're experiencing now. Here's what I found out, and this, this is what I started to do after I found out it worked. Don't give them your number. Just make up one at random. It doesn't matter. You have to remember what you made up for, them, mm-hmm. but just make make up one at random because they're not going to use it for anything. Well, there is other a pattern. Actually, I do remember a little program out there that says, uh,
3: you know, um, uh, you know, make up a social security number because there is a pattern to them.
2: Yeah, but but if you just make one up, th- they won't know what it is, and if someone steals it, you go like, who cares? But isn't that what well? The it?
1: school is going to know your social security number. There's nothing that from a a potential standpoint prevents the schools from cross-referencing that information Mm, mm. right but the policies with these companies if they're adhering to the standards and the regulations that are put forth for education for retail organizations for credit card companies for hospitals you know there are there are standards for how to save that information for instance a credit card uh, company or a person use or an organization using credit card information cannot store the credit card number with the privacy number with the person's name and other information all on the same server. Those were those hard to learned different
3: places. Those, those were hard learned over the last oh, 10 years. York, right? Very hard, but the consumer
1: pays
0: yeah. the price. <laughs> speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of consumers, a couple things I want to hit with you. And, and by the way, folks, if you go to internetadvisor.net, we have a link there to... Some very important points that Kasten has for us to remember as just general things to to keep in mind. But one thing I want you to talk about quickly, and I I ran into this just recently. I was at a restaurant, and I had to do something quickly uh, to get online. And lo and behold, I'm an Xfinity customer, Comcast customer. I couldn't even get into one of their hotspots. So the temptation was to use the first open hotspot that I saw there.
1: Sure, go right ahead. Somebody will love you doing that. They're probably in Romania. Why isn't that wise? Yeah, why isn't that wise? (laughs) Because the information isn't encrypted. And so if you're plugging in a a credit card number or a bank account number or a password, uh, there are ways that uh, hackers can interject themselves in the middle. In technical terms, it's called a man in the middle attack. Mm -hmm. So So even if I have established a SSL connection where it says HTTPS and I'm
3: and I've gone to Amazon and I want to make that purchase right now and I log into (laughs) Amazon
1: through an open hotspot, you're saying. Oh, you're taking me down the technical path. There's nothing that prevents that person who's put up the false Wi-Fi. Yep to provide you with the SSL connection and then this is the man in the middle Ah. they decrypt it and then they relay it to the real website but in the process they've captured the information. Darn. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. No, I just want to know. Exactly. I mean, how they so, that's that's the what, gotcha. so,
3: even establishing a VPN session would not uh, protect me. Well, VPN
1: is different okay. if the VPN endpoint is someone that you also know and trust because oh, the I information gotcha. is encrypted on your PC. That's why, if you have the right security settings in Microsoft Outlook, as an example, it has its own VPN capability to the server that's protected from one end to the other end.
0: Gaston, I'm not going to go through all the points that you have here as, as uh, suggestions for our listeners, but you have one I clicked off to the article, and, and it says uninstall any and all Flash players. Do it today. What's wrong with Flash players? Flash is very insecure, uh,
1: and you're finding that fewer and fewer sites are using Flash, so it's become less of an issue. If you're on an iPhone, you don't get Flash because Apple, Steve Jobs, God rest his soul, insisted over many, many objections many years ago that he would not allow Flash onto the iPhone wow. And onto what, his computer. What is it
2: about Flash that's so dangerous? It's it, it's loose code. They just when it was created years and years ago, and Casting, you can correct me. When they created it years and years ago, it was like, Wow, this is really cool, we love it, it's wonderful, that sort of thing. But the code is loose and it's just filled with holes and gaps and it wasn't well constructed. And because of that it wasn't constru it wasn't created with security in mind. Correct. Mm.
3: Not like HTML five. Right. Really. Right. Caston,
0: if you had to choose um, a security software to have with, let's say, a Windows 10 machine, or well, let's just say Windows 10 machine in general, what would you choose? Which Oh one? goodness,
1: um, I don't go there uh, because there's not one. And if I make a recommendation okay. today, next week something comes better.
2: Well, I, let me back up. Then we, I think, let's, let's... do it from a different perspective. Okay. are the commercially available big names? F- good enough to norton
1: mcafee malware bytes generally speaking i love malware bytes okay particularly the paid versions you get a lot more protection on paid uh
0: okay because they are actively looking for am i right that's the difference well they give
1: you additional features they're going to protect and do identity theft types of checking they're going to run real-time scans you know these companies provide that base level of free software for a reason. It's to show you what they can do so that you'll ante up and buy the stuff that fully
0: protects you. And Malware bytes, how much is it a year? Does anybody remember what that is? Well, it
3: was 25, but that was two
1: years ago. Maybe can it's, check. it's about that range
3: yeah. now.
0: Yeah, and that's a per and it's year. it's worth it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely worth it. And they have a, a business version that has other capabilities so that businesses can... Uh, take advantage of the more uh, administrative pieces that their technologists have.
3: And I believe they also have a Mac version, but I'm not sure if they have a, a Linux version, but I do
2: know they have a Mac version. They do, Yes, yeah. they do. Yep. But, I mean, it just goes back to the thing that that's been said for years and years, you get what you pay for. Mm. And uh, like, if you're going to go with free Wi-Fi, you're going to have all the holes in it. However, if you're out in public and use your own private hotspot on your telephone, you can eliminate that issue, but you have to pay for it. Kasten, thanks so much for being here and for giving us this information.
0: Kasten's going to stick around with us in the studio and maybe back to join the conversation a little bit further on.